When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast is brought to you in part by iFly Virginia Beach Indoor Skydiving. At iFly Virginia Beach, we bring people together through the dream of flight. To learn more about our leadership development and team building, visit iFlyVirginiaBeach.com. Welcome to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast series with U.S. Navy Special Operations veteran, CEO, and hockey fanatic, Bob Pizzini. Bob discusses leadership, success, failure, defining moments, and hard lessons learned with guests who are intentional in their approach to leadership. Leadership is a perishable skill. Use it or lose it. In this series, entrepreneurs, industry executives, academics, public figures, and other highly effective professionals share their formulas for success with you. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast with me, your host, Bob Pizzini. As you know by now, I love to have discussions with leaders who not only bring great value to me and my organization, but these are people who I know are going to bring great value to you and your organization. And today's guest is no exception. Nicole Whip is the guest on the Elevate Your Leadership podcast today. I'm in Virginia Beach. She's in Hawaii. I'd love to be doing this podcast discussion in person, but it's a beautiful sunny day here in Virginia Beach. So a little bit about Nicole. Nicole Whip is an expert in helping business leaders get even better results through personal and performance development. Nicole is passionate about helping individuals and teams break the cycles of pervasive energy problems that keep people, teams, and their businesses stuck so they can scale their time and freedom. As an experienced entrepreneur and small business consultant, she is the founder of The Results Catalyst, a consulting and training firm that provides a range of leadership, team creation, team building, and retention services to companies large and small. Highly valuable offering. She also leads highly successful boutique elder law firms in Michigan and Hawaii. Nicole has trained hundreds of people in both corporate and entrepreneurial settings on how to build powerful teams as she has been a speaker for companies and groups such as the Great Lakes Women's Business Conference, Lawyers with a Purpose, Wealth Council Symposium, Rare Lung Disease Consortium, and Cross-Border Business Symposium. She is also a frequent guest on top podcasts like this one and has been a featured expert in well-known business books like Clockwork by Michael Michalowicz, you can correct me on that in a minute, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, and Women with Money by Jean Chatsky. She is a highly experienced Kolb trainer as well as a certified solutions provider and authorized partner for the entire suite of Everything Disc products as well as five behaviors of a cohesive team. Nicole splits her time between Michigan and Hawaii, and her husband Marcus, son Merrick, dog Heath, and two horses, Chaka and Nanny. There's a lot going on, but I can tell Nicole you have the disease of 
I have to do things. I can't sit still. Welcome to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. That is so true. And thank you so much, Bob, for having me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry, I got a little tongue-tied on your bio there. You have accomplished quite a bit, and I imagine there's quite a bit to go. For my listeners, so as everybody knows, my podcast is all things leadership. Nicole's bread and butter is in the legal profession. So this is the first time I have had a discussion with somebody from the legal profession regarding all things leadership. So if you don't mind, Nicole, I'd like to start there. First of all, how is it that you got into the legal profession? It was a direct result of 9-11. During 9-11, I actually worked for Continental Airlines And I was sitting there the day of the incident, um, watching the TV along with millions and millions of other people being horrified. I was lucky enough to be home that day. But that change, and I remember sitting there thinking to myself, this changes everything. This changes my whole life. Long story short, I ended up going to law school directly after that. Like I went and I took a leave of absence from the airline. I went to law school and the rest is history. Here I am. You know, on that day, I was stationed in Guam and Continental was the main carrier going through Guam at the time. Did you ever fly through Guam or? No, I, that's one place that I never did. And I'm very sad. That okay. I didn't. You're about halfway there. So as <laughs> I recall the flights from LA to Hawaii, what is that? Like an eight hour flight or something like that? About six. Yeah. About six hours. And then from Hawaii to Guam is like another eight hours. So you're, you're almost halfway there in case you ever decide you want to go there. We'll see. It's hard enough to get to the mainland, right? I swear, you know, these days travel. So within um, the legal profession, you have law firms in two different states. How many people on your team overall? The way that I work my, because I have the two law firms, but I also run a consulting and training business. Mm -hmm. And so the thing about it is, is that I have a general set of team that does things across all three entities. Um, And between the three entities, I have about 10 employees. I I have some people that are contractors and then some people that are main employees, I should say. And so between that, it's 10. Okay. So I run a very lean operation. Sure. In the military, we would call that task organization, you know, between these, these three different entities that have kind of three different missions, if you will, or, or various missions, um, you have uh, key people and, and you have task organization with you, obviously, overseeing the whole thing. When it comes to bringing people into your organization, what is it that you look for? I look for people that have the ability to pay attention to detail and have the ability to execute on that. Because I run professional services organizations, it's very intentional when you have a professional services organization that you are looking at a certain type of person. So it does require intelligence and somebody that really can, even if they're not inclined to be detail-oriented, is able to understand the detail that goes into any given situation. What I mean by that is that there are people in the world, and we all know them. I doubt you're one of them, Bob, but I'd be curious (laughs) if you are, that are very highly list focused, right? And so they have a list and they have to have it in front of them and they must check it off. And if they don't check off every item on their list, it sort of gives them anxiety. I personally am totally not like that. 
I am like, maybe I'll make a list. And then if I make a list, especially if I write it down, I'll find it under my desk a week later. And I certainly (laughs) don't need to like check off every item. That's not, I am not specifically list oriented, but because of that, I need some people or some people around me that absolutely are. And that they're going to, when I, I I always tell people like, I need somebody that when I throw the football, they're on the other end to take it and run it across the finish line, because I am not going to do it. Like I'm already like looking somewhere else before the ball even reaches across halfway across the field. Like it is not me to finish, but I am amazing at starting things. So I need people (laughs) that can catch what I'm throwing and finish. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, believe me, I hear you. So I am not that detailed list. I don't I don't lead by check off list. I lead by vision, which it kind of sounds like uh, is your w- one of your principal styles of leadership. So you know, I set the course, I steer the course, I make sure we maintain the course. And by the time we arrive at the destination, I'm already setting a course for somewhere else. So it sounds like we're very similar in that regard. But to your point, you need a right-hand man or woman to cover that detail. And you know, one of the things I put forth as a leader of, of an organization with about 40 employees is I've got to have that right-hand person who I trust 100%, who when I'm not there is looking out for the best interest of the organization and the best interest of me uh, as the leader but also at looking out for the best interest of everybody in the organization. And thankfully I have that person. How about you? Yeah, I actually have two of those persons. One <laughs> that is for the law firms and one is that is for the consulting and training businesses, our business. And so that really um, enables me and frees me up to do what I do. And that's the only way that it works for me personally. I am very much about everybody does what they do best. And what I do best is the stuff that only I can do and everything else is left to somebody else, but I need somebody else to make sure that they happen. For sure. You know, in my personal definition of leadership, if I broke it down to two words, that's enabling others. And it sounds like you're hinting towards your definition, which is ensuring people are able to do their best. You know, it's our job to motivate them, to provide them with all the training and education that they need and provide them with all the material or the equipment that they need to perform at their best. Beyond that, how do you like to define leadership? I don't want to define it for you, but how do you define it? How do you know when you're leading? I know what I'm leading when I am doing some of the things that you just discussed. It's really, for me, I have to ensure that the vision that I have is being executed. It is very important as a leader, I believe, that you are accurate and clear about what it is you expect. One of the biggest problems in almost all organizations that I see is a lack of clarity around expectations outcomes, how you expect things to be done, the behaviors that must be associated with your name, if especially if you are like myself, a professional services entrepreneur, you know, you want to be clear about all of those things. And I see across um, people I work with, that there is often a lot of muddiness, a lack of clarity around that. So as a leader, I know that I have to be extremely clear about all of those things. And when I provide that clarity, provided that I have hired the right people into the right positions to do the right things, they are able to really execute well on their positions. And so that's how I'm able to 
really run such lean operations is because I don't need to fill a bunch of seats with a lot of people doing busy work. I am here to keep everybody working at their optimal place as much as possible. Boy, there's a whole bunch there. So I'll start with the last thing you said, optimal. You want everybody to perform at their optimal level. Definitely a key component of leadership. And I will say those you are leading, if they're of high moral and ethical character, and if they're great teammates, that's exactly what they want from leaders. They want you to expect a lot from them. They want to make a meaningful contribution to the organization. And we have to set them up for that level of success. I agree. And I've seen it over and over again with different people I've hired over the years. The ones that truly succeed are those people that when I throw down the gauntlet and I give them the support that they need, they will pick it up and they will rise to the challenge. And they love themselves for it. They love working for me for it. They love their work for it. And it's just such a better way to run your business. Yeah. Well, those are all components of high culture in an organization. And I, and I will tell you that is, remember uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? Charlie got the golden ticket. For me, the golden ticket in an organization is having this culture that, you know, we can't direct it. We can't say culture today is going to be like this. But if we're doing our job the right way as leaders, we see that culture, we see that reward, we see people who are proud of what they've accomplished, they're proud to be on the team, they're proud to see their teammates every day, work with their teammates, you know, there's a difference between Nicole and I work well together versus I love working with Nicole, you know, uh, so if we can set up that environment within the organization, we're definitely doing our job. You mentioned expect a few times as well. Ray, who is my chief flight instructor, the way he runs his team, he's got about 12 people on his team and he sets the expectation. He trains to the expectation and then he expects. <laughs> so, yes. So, yes, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Super, super cool way of doing that within your organization. And, and I realize that you have really, I would say different. Is it different? I mean, so in your in the results catalyst and in, in your in your professional services and your professional development, is that similar to the legal craft or completely different? And how did you go from one to the other? Well, yes and no. So in terms of how business the businesses are operated, certainly they're very similar. In terms of the, you know, the products, no, they're not, not at all similar. So there's no, there's no light between them because it's there's oh they're oceans apart in terms of product, okay, or delivery of product. But the operation is the same. And so how I went from one to the other was when I started my first law firm in Michigan, I started with a very low understanding of what being a leader meant. I didn't come from a background. I wasn't in the military. I didn't come from a background where I was given demonstrable examples of leadership that I could follow. Um, I was, I had graduated from law. I'd done all these things, but I really had not been in a situation that I would say good leadership had been really demonstrated to me. And I was operating under a lot of what I would consider to be outdated and traditional, conventional practices of what we consider to be leaders. I was For operating sure. under those principles. Mm -hmm. But what happened was I failed miserably as a result. I was a wreck. I 
would cry literally every single day for like 90 days. I remember I, I was so upset every single day because I couldn't lead my team properly. And I, I felt like such a failure and never, nobody was ever doing what I was expecting. And I, I just couldn't understand why I just thought something was wrong with me, to be honest with you. And well, at first, no, uh, let me back up. At first, I blamed everybody else, which is, I think, also very common. What's wrong with these people? This isn't rocket science. Why can't they do their jobs? Person does this and this person does that. And I would complain about them. And um, that was actually my MO for quite some time. And I see that a lot of times with others. Absolutely. But then then I realized somewhere along the way, hmm, you know what? I think you're part of the problem. Like me, I'm part of the problem. (laughs) When I realized that was when everything changed because I then set out on my quest to understand how to lead my team and how to be even better and how to be more effective. And that led me on this whole journey of doing that. And then in the course of doing that, it was so exciting to me. And I transformed my business so much during that time. I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I mean, I was like that typical run yourself ragged entrepreneur at some point during all this, I I was, but I was also, you know, building my team. I started integrating and trying to be a better leader and really getting workflows and the right tech and the right support into my team. And then I got really, really sick. I was in the hospital for 30 days. I was out of my company for 90 days. Wow. During that time, everything could have fallen apart and ground to a halt. But what happened was my team kept the ship afloat. They kept everything going. They knew what to do. They knew how to do it. They knew how to do it without me. And when we came out that year, we went on to make more money than we ever had before. It was such a revelation to me. My company can make made more money without me than with me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if this is true, other people need to know about this. So I just started talking about it. And then people started coming to me and saying, I need help. And then that's how the results catalyst was born. I, I started teaching what I knew to people, you know, it's just the, like the opportunity of an entrepreneur. Right. But it really has evolved over the years. Since yeah. Then. So that's super cool. That's kind of how, how elevate your leadership was born. Just kind of accidentally within my organization, I was looking for leadership development for my management team. I have six people on the management team and I could not find the leadership development that I grew up with in the military in particular. So I put something together, I presented it, and the team said, where has that been for the last five years? And somebody said, you should take that outside the organization. You enjoyed it, you're motivated, which absolutely enjoyed every, every, every bit of it. And that's how Elevate Your Leadership was born. So very cool there. Um, it, it's funny, you said that, uh, you know, you're in the hospital for 30 days, you're out of the workplace for 90 days, and your company makes more money without you. You know, what's going on here? That's probably an ideal situation for any business owner, right? (laughs) Absolutely, right? That's why you, like, I look at it now, every business owner should be working their business toward that eventuality every single day. That is what you should be doing is if anybody on your team got hit by a bus, could your company operate without them? Whether it's you, your right-hand person or anybody else down the chain, absolutely should be able to continue to run. How do you do that? That's the work that we do. That is key. So continuity of of operations is kind of what we call that. 
or, or, you know, the hit by the bus, we call it, I'm, I'm a block off the ocean, off the Atlantic ocean. So we, we say, you know, what happens if I get lost at sea? What happens if Bob gets lost at sea? But, um, <laughs> but it's, it's the same concept, right? And then another thing from the military, we say two is one and one is none. You have to have a backup, a backup person, a backup system, uh, whatever it is to get that stuff done. You know, the other thing I, I'll say, you know, you went through this crucible of learning, you didn't have formal education and leadership. Leadership wasn't a big thing. You know, I'm paraphrasing what you said early in your career, or maybe even during your upbringing. And that's the case for probably 95% of the population. I would say we realize our shortcomings usually when it's too late, you know, we get, right. hit, we get hit over the head with, Holy cow, what's going on here. And then it's like, wow, I need to develop myself as a leader. And once you've done that, it's important for you to, to develop those who are under your charge. Don't let that happen to them. So develop yourself and develop those who you have the, the privilege to lead. Okay, Absolutely. we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're good capitalists. Nicole is a great capitalist coming to us from Hawaii, and we will be right back. And we are back talking to Nicole Whip founder of The Results Catalyst, a consulting and training firm that was born of Nicole's background in the legal profession and in her experiences with leadership. Nicole, The Results Catalyst, who's your ideal client? Who are you looking for there? I work with two different demographics. My first main ideal client is an entrepreneur that has hit the ceiling of complexity and cannot move forward. So there's somebody that is easily over six figures of revenue already, but they're at a point where they're burning out or they cannot further scale their business. So they're at that crux of time where they're working too much, they're working too hard, they're frustrated with their team, they're frustrated, or even in some cases, there are some entrepreneurs that get to that level almost by themselves, and they don't have any of the tools of hiring or of understanding how to um, introduce the right operations into their business so that they can get free of their business on some level. It really is somebody that has a more evolved business, not a somebody that's just starting. The other side of that is I do work with companies that are looking to help their employees think in a more entrepreneurial fashion. And what, by that, what I mean is they want their employees to be more self-starter, more autonomous, and they want their team to work in a more autonomous and sort of forward-thinking, innovative fashion. So those are the two demographics that I work with. Yeah, you really have to motivate people to, uh, again, you know, go back to the culture, a leader really has to motivate people to do what it is you hired them to do. I think what you're alluding to is the entrepreneur who starts their own business. When, when you start your own business, you are the everything in the business. You deliver the product, you produce the product, you build the schedules, you do payroll, you know, you do HR, you do everything you have to do to get that business launched. But ultimately, the savvy entrepreneur, the, the successful entrepreneur backs away from all those tasks as the organization grows and then leads the business, leads the company, leads the organization, as opposed to being the person who delivers the product or service. And kind of to your point, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get lost in that. You know, for me, fortunately, I had 26 years in the military before I started my own business. And so I, I had the 
experience of what leadership should be focused on. In the military, we have what are called three levels of warfare, tactical, operational, and strategic, right? Tactical in the business world, your tactical people are your frontline customer-facing employees. They deliver the product or service. Your Your operational level are your management folks, your vice presidents. It's your people who enable the tactical people to do what it is they have to do. You know, and then as owners, as CEOs, board members, et cetera, you know, you, we develop strategy, we set the cardinal direction, we uh, develop the vision and uh, ensure that everything's moving in the right direction. Or when did you found the results catalyst? It's been about eight years now. It's sort of funny because to be honest with you, because it started in such a casual way, it's hard for me to say I founded it on yeah, you know, July yeah. 4th, 2020 or whatever. So I have been working in that area for approximately eight years as of the date of this podcast. So, and it's just grown every single year. In fact, the way that I run my businesses now, I spend about four hours a day working I get up, I exercise, and then at 7 a.m. in Hawaii time, I start working and I finish around noon, maybe one, and then I go enjoy my life. Um, But I split those four or five hours in the day between the two companies. But I would say now I'm more 80% results catalyst, 20% law firms, whereas before it was the other way around. So the business just continues to grow. You know, same thing with the evolution. So I own iFly Virginia Beach Indoor Skydiving, right? So the entrepreneur, I started it, used to take 100% of my time working in the business and eventually was able to go through that, that kind of separation that I talked about that entrepreneurs do. So, so work on the business or not even, it's, it's, I have such a wonderful team. They do such a wonderful job that it enabled me to start this whole Elevate Your Leadership leadership experience, much like you. Do you still practice law? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I mean, I meet with clients regularly. Um, It's just that my law firm is such a well-running machine that how I run my law firms is so um, lean on my time that it frankly takes very little of my time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I have such competent staff that I don't need to worry about it. And so that's the ideal, right? Is that your business becomes such a well-running machine that you're able to do other things, whether the other things are go pick your kids up from school, go to their school plays, or whether they're start a whole new company and, (laughs) you know, um, exercise your creativity in another place, or just focus on strategy and vision. Because a lot of times, you know, the entrepreneurs I work with, they get, they're so bogged down in the tactical and the operational as you put it, that they are not able to work on strategic vision items and they get very frustrated, demoralized and want to give up. And that's terrible. That's why businesses fail, in my opinion. You know, you got to get out of that. And I've been, I've been there. I understand that. I know how that feels. And that's the ideal is to get to the place where you want to be as a leader and then just help your team be that way. So I work very little in my law firms, but my law firms are running at full capacity without me for the most part. Yeah, that's super cool. We're coming up on 30 minutes or so. I love to do these uh, podcast discussions 
for about to end at about the 30 minute mark. That's drive time. That's workout time. I'm sure you listen to podcasts from time to time when you're hitting your morning workout there in Hawaii. You know, I went to Navy dive school in Hawaii in 1985 and I will never forget the runs we did in the morning. Fort Island, sometimes we'd cross onto the mainland Pearl City area, but just beautiful. You know, I was 19 years old. I had no idea what the world was about, but I knew that going through this training to be a Navy diver was the coolest thing in the world. I absolutely loved it. And, um, and that led to uh, ultimately a 26 year career. So beautiful in Hawaii. All right. Last two questions. So for the listeners out there, Nicole and I are recording this on a zoom so we can see each other for the discussion. But obviously when I put my podcast out, it's just in the audio format, but Nicole has a super cool looking microphone. And I have to ask you what, what kind of mic that is. It's a HyperX Quadcast. Okay. All right. So the name. Love it. Yeah. The name matches the way it looks. It's a gaming microphone, but you know, I like it because it's red. (laughs) It is. And it's got a high quality to it. It's a high quality. Oh, it does for sure. Yeah. Your sound is coming through great. There's no echo, no feedback at all. And that red glow is super, super cool. For for all you high-tech people out there, there's a microphone recommendation. All right, Nicole, what have I left out? What should I have asked you? One of the things that I think people need to understand about growing their business or being a leader generally is that the model of hiring that we tend to follow is broken, it's outdated, and it's ineffective. of new hires fail. And there's a reason. It's because the hiring process is broken. It's not because people are broken. You know, we've all worked with people that you hire them. You think they're a rock star. They come across all this way and then something happens and then they're just terrible Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. We've all had this experience. Anybody that's ever hired somebody has had this experience, I think. And that can be very demoralizing because- People tell me all the time, I trust my intuition. And I I find that to be sort of the most foolish thing I've ever heard. (laughs) That's the problem is if you're just hiring somebody based on the four corners of their resume, or you're hiring somebody based on, you know, some personality test, or you're hiring somebody based on your, your intuition about them, you know, those things can play a role in hiring, certainly. But you need to be much more intentional about what the position is, what the tasks are required, what the energy for those tasks are, and whether that person actually has the energy for those tasks. Because any person that is competent and intelligent can do a job for a certain amount of time. But whether they can do it for the sustained amount of time that you may need them to do it is a whole nother matter. And one of the things that you and I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, like for example, Bob, is both of us are not list people. Mm -hmm. And so that means that neither one of us are going to be able to execute on a process day in and day out over and over again with the right level of energy and precision. We can do it as a matter of competence, But as a matter of energy and mental focus, that is not something that either one of us would be very good successfully for the long term at, I would assume. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm speaking for you now, but I'm going to make that assumption. I'm with you. I'm with you. You, If you hired me for something that required long-term precision of task management, I would start off and I'd be a rock star at it. I'd be amazing because I am a very competent person and I'm driven and motivated. But guess what? Two, three months in, 
I would totally run out of gas because that is just not where my mental energy lies. And so I would be that person. That's the thing that I think a lot of leaders when they're hiring people miss is what is the, what are the energies, the mental energies of a person in relation to the tasks of the job that need to be done. And if you can capture that, if you can understand that, and then if you hire to that, you will have a much greater success in your team for the long and the short term. That is something that for me, when I realized what my mental energies were, and then when I brought in the right team members to complement and or make up for the mental energies that are just not my strong suit, made all the difference in how I run my business and how I'm able to run such a lean operation and keep my employees for the long term. So I would just say that is something that I think is massively missing in both corporate and entrepreneurial settings today, that if you can focus on that, it will make a massive difference to your organization. There's three things uh, out of that discussion. There's three things that I think are super important. One for me, I'm hiring for moral and ethical character. And within that moral and ethical character, you can explore people's energy. And that's really, for me, it's a function of health and wellness. What's your, you know, an interview question. What do you do for physical fitness? What do you do for education? Not that you have to be in a graduate program, but you know, what books do you read? What, what clubs do you belong to? What sports do you play? You know, what do you do outside of work that stimulates physical activity and, and mental growth, you know, thought? And then one of the other things, is, so that's actually two things there. I'm looking for moral and ethical character. I'm looking for health and wellness. And then uh, the third thing is I'm looking for somebody who can do things better than I can, right? I don't want somebody to come in and do what I can do or something less than what I can do. I want to hire people who can raise me to a higher level or raise the organization to a higher level. So somebody who is much more uh, task oriented, because like you said, you and I set the course, we set the vision. And then we move on to the next course or the next vision. And we need people to stay the course. We need somebody to sit there with their, with their hand on the helm and steer the course and stay the course and arrive at the destination. I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, folks, we're going to wrap this up with Nicole Whip. And uh, Nicole, what a, what a wonderful discussion. You are super high energy, I could tell. And um, if you and I talked in person, there would be like just... Uh, all kinds of energy uh, moving all over the place. And I hope we do meet in person one day. With that, Nicole, I'm going to say aloha. Aloha, Bob. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. To contact Bob directly or to learn more about how Bob can advance you and your organization through leadership training, team building, executive coaching, and public speaking, visit robertpizzini.com. Robert P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I dot com and connect with him on LinkedIn.